Hi, this is Jay Bear from Convince and Convert, and welcome to the Content Bros Podcast, where you'll hear the strategies and secrets of the best content marketers in the world. The show is brought to you by Oracle Marketing Cloud, helping businesses use the latest marketing technologies to tell their stories and connect with their customers. The show is brought to you by Uberflip, a content experience platform that allows marketers to create manage and optimize tailored content experiences for every stage of the buyer journey. And the show is brought to you by Convince and Convert, content marketing strategy advisors and counselors to leading brands and organizations worldwide. Convince and Convert makes your content better. The hosts of the show are Jeff Cohen and Randy Frisch. Find all links, archives, and more at contentprospodcast.com. And now, here's Jeff, Randy, and this week's special guest. Welcome back to another episode of Content Pros. I'm Randy Frisch from Uberflip. I'm very excited. Uh, I've got Jeff Cohen with me from Oracle Marketing Cloud, as always, by my side. And today we have a really exciting guest. We have a guest who really understands the digital space, uh, a man named Travis Wright. If you haven't read some of Travis's content, whether it's on VentureBeat, one of his books that we'll talk about in a little bit, you're in for a treat. Uh, Travis works at ccp.digital. And Jeff, maybe you can tell a little bit more about Travis and bring him in. Absolutely. Thanks, Randy. Again, happy to be here. Brand new episode of Content Pros. And Travis Wright is the chief marketing technologist and the co-founder of CCP.Digital, an agency based in Kansas City, Missouri. And it's really important to pay attention to that dot because, as as he reminded us, it's one of those fancy new URLs, CCP.Digital. And as Randy said, also the co-author of a, a brand new book here in 2017 called Digital Sense, which brings together the ideas of social business, customer experience, and marketing technology. So welcome to Content Pros, Travis. Hey, thank you so much. I really appreciate the opportunity to uh, jump on the show with you guys. I've been a fan for a while. You guys are killing it over here. That's great. So so I think I, I love the idea of where the where your new book is taking things and I think we're going to use that as a great jumping off point because when I when I look at your three pillars that the book focuses on uh social business, marketing technology and customer experience, I think all three of those are really fed and need to be fed very well by content marketing. So without without stealing your thunder and continuing to talk more about that, I'd love to hear your thoughts on on how content really is a key part of all three of those uh, great marketing trends or digital trends Absolutely. or dot digital trends. Dot digital. Yeah, it should have been dot digital sense maybe, huh? I think um, so. <laughs> <laughs> keep the branding. But no, so yeah, content's very, very important throughout the you know, buyer's journey and the customer journey. And depending on if you're, if you're B2B or B2C, uh, you know, content is really driving the conversation and, and, and educating people. Uh, so they do it by themselves, right? So they're out there looking for information. They find it. They stumble across you, right? And so it really depends on where you are in the buyer's journey or once they become a customer, where you are in the customer journey, right? And when we're talking about social business strategy, well, like which area of the business are you in? Because most times people think about social media marketing, 
Uh, and so they think it's a it's a marketing play. But you know what? With social selling, your sales team needs to be socially savvy. Your HR team needs to be socially savvy when they're trying to find new people to, to hire or they're trying to vet people to come into your organization. And then your executive team needs to have some social savviness, right? Because uh, they're the thought leaders of your, of your business. And so, you know, uh, sometimes they don't like to be all out there on social, but, you know, it's really a great idea if some of them are because maybe a couple of them are out on social and you know customer experience customer service right if you're not on social media and you're a brand a customer service people go online all the time to rant about you so you know it's very important i think to um to to know where you are in your uh, organization and what kind of content is relevant to the people that you are interacting with within your company because it's different so I, I, I like that you have evolved this idea of social media to the, the larger concept of, of social business. It's a, it's a concept that certainly has been around for quite some time, but, but I think we really are in, in more of a maturity phase. And, and as you say, it's important. Everybody has to do it. Um, but let, let's actually sort of back up a level. I, I guess I probably, I think I, I threw you the wrong softball question to start. <laughs> <laughs> so, so rather than, rather than start with sort of how content weaves right into all those three areas, how about a little bit on how those three areas sort of weave together themselves and the importance of all of that for today's marketer? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, if you're familiar with, so so Brian Solis and uh, Charlene Lee at Altimeter Group, they put together an amazing sort of a framework around social business, right? Uh, they, they set that out as an ebook. That is, it's like the seven success factors of a social business strategy. And, you know, that's a really great sort of a starting point when you're looking at how you want to set up your social business. So you got what are your business goals? What's your vision that you're trying to accomplish? How do you define those business goals? Do you get your executive buy-in? Create your strategy. Then you got to get governance. Then you got to get you know support, and you got to get buy-in for your staff. Then you invest in technology, right? So a lot of times when you're talking about social business strategy, it's mapping that out. And so I was the former global uh, digital strategist at Semantic for the Norton brand. And while I was there, you know, I, I was one of the things that I was tasked to do was to help piece together all these various different silos within the organization, have them work together and talk together and, and really kind of weave through social throughout the whole business. Right. And in the process of that, I bet I demoed over five, maybe 600 different marketing technologies. Technologies from marketing automation, from you know PPC bid management, social media software, all types of different marketing components, tag management solutions, you name it, analytics, personalization, uh, all types of stuff. And so while I was there, I really grasped how marketing technologies are, are need need to be integrated within your business, but. A tool with a tool without a plan is a fool, and so you really need to have this overarching strategy for your business, creating a social business for your organization where everybody's buying in, and then, you know, and then looking at it through the lens of the experience for your customer, because customers are so very fickle today, right? 
they're just trying to find a solution for their problem. They don't care about you. So you have to differentiate yourself always and creating great customer experience is, is very important. So we have a framework on how to do that. And then also, you know, once you have all that figured out, well, which tools do you need to actually accomplish your business objectives? Once you figure that out, then, uh, then you can start, you know, purchasing some of those, those different technologies and, uh, the different technologies for different, um, stages in the funnel, right? So it all depends on uh, what you're trying to accomplish and where and when. Yeah, that that's ex- exactly the way that marketers should be thinking about this. The the idea of absolutely starting with strategy and goals and then and then yes, ab- absolutely thinking about technology afterwards and then trying trying to serve your customers across different stages of the funnel, which probably is a better introduction to the <laughs> the content conversation of how content sort of sort of fits in there. So when when you think about specifically customer experience and and say the buyer journey, I I know it's it's really easy to create a bunch of personas, a bunch of funnel stages, and all of a sudden have this explosion of content that you can't even keep up with. Do you do you have a sort of an an opinion on that of kind of how how marketers would kind of manage that? sort of that overexplosion of of internal content which seems to happen all the time. Yeah, absolutely. So there so a lot of organizations have a ton of content that actually gets no engagement, right? Uh Beckin in uh, I think November and also Track Maven in about the same month they released their research uh, Track Maven did 5 years of research and Beckin was 3 years of research and what they found Beckin found that only 5% of the content that's created gets 90% of the engagement. So that says, you know, what 95% of all the rest of the content is getting 10% of the engagement, right? So this content is so bad that your employees aren't even sharing it, right? So when you're talking about the buyer's journey, and, and, and some people can really build this out and get really extravagant with it and really deep into in my mind, there's really, there's the, there's the stages of, in the buyer's journey, there's the buyer's journey and then there's the customer journey, right? So once they buy, then they're a customer. But when they're buying, they're in the buyer's journey, they are a prospect, then they're an opportunity, then they become a customer, right? And so, well, your goals, you have different goals for each different area. So if you're, if you're in the prospecting stage, you want to turn those leads into qualified accounts. Um, you want to get them over to a, you know, an MQL, a marketing qualified lead to turn them into an opportunity. Then you want to turn those opportunities into customers. Those are your goals. And there's a lot of different strategies that you can do to, you know, get those goals to obtain those. Well, if you're in a, if you're looking at a prospect, you know, perspective, well, then maybe you're doing events or webinars, you're doing various different marketing campaigns, there's inbound and outbound, you know, strategies that you can do. But what's interesting is the different types of content that come with those strategies, right? So a lot of times when people think about content, it's like, oh, blog post and uh, a video. Well, there's a lot of different kinds of content to create based on where they are. So if you're a prospect, well, then maybe blog post and eBooks and infographics and, and white papers that and videos those types of of things are going to you know engage them 
Then you move them to an MQL or to an opportunity. Then maybe they need video testimonials or case studies. And then maybe that's where that webinar can put them over the edge. And then when they get to becoming a customer, converting that opportunity to a customer, those more video testimonials, more case studies, more how-to content and competitive analysis and, and other different things along those lines. And when you look at it, there's, there's different stakeholders that can be in play in all of these, right? So sales and marketing and uh, demand gen and the CMO and the CSO can, can all work together in different ways to, to help convert that. So it, where are they in the stage? What is the strategy? What's the goal? And then here's the different types of content to help you move them to that next level. So Travis, I, I think what every marketer needs to do listening to this, whether they're a content marketer and demand gen or even social, is they need to take the last two minutes of your answer there. They need to snip that clip there and play it for their boss, play it for anyone who asks them if their job is easy these days. Because I think what you captured there is that complexity of, as you referred to it, both the buyer journey and the customer journey, and how as marketers, we really need to layer our various different strategies across you know subgroups in our teams to make things work and you know with that in mind and, and going back to, to that point that you hit on with Jeff earlier maybe you could give us an example of a story where you've seen this play out and you know you know one of the stories I love which is the preface to your book which is you know purely entertaining like the book is um, you know that talks about the Chiefs one of your favorite uh, football teams you want to you want to maybe pull that into into the relevance here <laughs> uh, fun question. Yeah. So uh, Travis Wright and the Chiefs, if you want a fun story, Google that. Uh, it, it created quite a bit of a um, interesting, what I've called uh, a social media shitstorm back in uh, 2012. So the the Chiefs were really bad in 2012, right? Uh, historically bad. And this was the fourth year of the regime that we had had there, the, the general manager, Scott Pioli, and, the, and they'd already fired a coach, and now they had another coach. And uh, they ended up going on, I think, winning one game in 2012. But the very first game of the year, they got blown out by the Falcons. And I was talking to a buddy of mine, and uh, that I've known since fifth grade, and we were talking, and he was like, you know, this is like the third or fourth or fifth year in a row that the Chiefs are like $30 million under the salary cap. They're not even trying. And I was like, oh, man, you're right. Uh, I'm going to tweet that. And so I sent out a tweet on uh, September 10th, 2012, and it said, I'm not much of an at KC Chiefs fan anymore. The yearly, um, you know, $30 million under the salary cap is BS. Greedy owners can F-O. <laughs> CC at NFL. Very polite tweet. I was very, you know, conscientious yeah, and caring. I think Jay Bear, Jay I was Bear very would sweet. probably call that uh, – <laughs> Yeah, what does Jay refer that yeah. to as Jeff? Uh, you got the the silent and you got the loud observers from Hug Your Haters. The on, the on stage haters. Exactly. Yes. So you were an on stage hater, Travis. Oh yeah. All right, let's yeah keep yeah. Going. I sent one. I sent one message. Right. I didn't rail on it. I just said, eh, I'm going to rant sports ball stuff. Right. And uh, and then I'm done with it. Well, I noticed the next day at lunch time, I'm sitting there. I'm at Chipotle. That's not a plug for Chipotle. That just actually was where I was. And uh, I'm eating a burrito. And I'm looking at my Twitter. And I and I check out my direct messages. And I saw a message from the Chiefs. And it said. You should get your facts straight. It's your choice to be a fan. CC, get a clue. 
And I was like, whoa, I almost choked on my burrito. And uh, so, th- and I noticed that I sent my tweet out last night at seven, let's I don't remember the exact time, 7.07. And they sent me that direct message at 7.10. So three minutes later, they sent me that direct message back, all grumpy. And, um, you know, if you've read Jay's book, Hug Your Haters, you don't want to, you know, uh, fight fire with throwing gas on it, right? And so that's what they did. And it was crazy. So what I did was I took a screenshot of the content, the tweet of them sending it back to me. And then I sent out another tweet that said, wow, it's good to know that the social media team by the Chiefs is ran by a bunch of immature teenagers. Fact, the Hunt family hoards salary cap dollars, right? And then here, and then I showed the tweet. And at that time, I actually had more followers than the Chiefs did, and which was crazy. And so this got it got a bunch of traction all over the place. Did this really happen? They saying this really? Well, I can't believe they said this really happened. Blah, 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 blah. And then the Chiefs blocked me. So when the Chiefs blocked me, because I went back to my 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 DMs to to see that message again, I noticed it was gone. And then so then I went to their Twitter profile and I noticed that I was blocked. And so then that's when I said, okay. I'm going to teach you guys a social media lesson right now. I wasn't going to before because I was ranting, but once you blocked me, Travis is going to turn on hater full mode. And uh, so I put it on Reddit and it made the front page of Reddit. And from there, it just took off. I had all these different, well, actually a, a buddy of mine calls me up and says, Hey, Travis, uh, Laszlo's talking about you on the radio, 96.5, which is a big station here in Kansas City. And so he was talking about Reddit and, oh, people on Reddit and they're doing this and they're behind keyword, behind their keyboard warriors. They're, they're saying stuff online they would never say in person, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and so I text in and said, this is Travis Wright, uh, the dude with the, the, the chiefs on Reddit. And so they call me in, immediately put me on, and I'm online with them for like 20 minutes. And I literally changed the dude's perspective, I, which I've never heard anybody change this guy's opinion. And he's like, yeah, you're right, we have haven't drafted a quarterback since 1983 and wow we they haven't won a playoff game in about 20 something years well and so it was hilarious to see the how it turned well then it got on all these sports all these newscasts all across kansas city then mashable wrote about it yahoo was on the front page of yahoo nfl talked about it in a segment and it just became this ridiculous thing where um it ended up turning into um a content play, uh, a really a, a social media strategy, because after that event happened, like after that died down, a couple, two, three weeks later, the, I think the Chiefs were maybe 0-4 or 0-5 at that time, and um, uh, one guy reaches out and says, hey, I'd like to set up, you know, uh, maybe do the Save Our Chiefs thing, I'm trying to think of setting up a community. Another guy was like, hey, I'm going to fly banners, I want to fly banners over Arrowhead, and so I said, well, let's combine all of these efforts here, let's build a strategy around this, and then we went to a Chiefs message board we crowdfunded about $6,500 and we flew uh, an airplane banner over every home game for the rest of the season you know f- bench uh, bench castle fire Pioli, we deserve more right save our chiefs and so this whole thing turned into a movement we actually blacked out arrowhead in uh, November of that year where the stadium was about half full and we got people to we, we got on the radio we grew our social profile like Twitter had I don't know 80,000 followers and Facebook had 40 or 50,000 follower fans and um, so we were able to, to activate the community and 
there's a picture where the stadium is completely blacked out for the most part. I mean, very few people were wearing red jerseys. You could see the seats, but not not everybody was wearing black, which was crazy. And uh, so when the season was was uh, was over, um, you know, I, I was sending emails to the to the owner of the Chiefs and said, "Here's what's here's what we're going to do. Here's what's happening." And they would never respond, but I would have the I would have that pixel on my email, right? Like yes mail or, or yes where is what I used, and. Um, it would show me that it got opened up like 47 times uh, on uh, 17 or in 17 locations on 32 different devices, right? So they, they passed that around internally and were like, "Uh oh, here's what's going on." So when the season was over, I think we were one in 15, and they ended up firing the the whole staff and hired uh, um, Andy Reid as the coach and then John Dorsey as the uh, general manager. And as of this as of this recording right now, uh, in a couple of days, I will actually be going to a Chiefs playoff game at home uh, for the first time in many years. So. Yeah, I feel like we have to record two versions of this part, either the one where you're like you're victorious next week when we air this or, yeah, or, or the other one. But let's hope we only need this one where you're, <laughs> hey, you're going to the, the victory game. Yeah, this week. well, you know what? They won a playoff game last year, and uh, so that broke the curse. And then I was actually in Boston and when, they, when, they, when they were playing against the Patriots, which was the worst experience, fan experience of my life. <laughs> Leaving the Patriots' uh, Gillette Stadium as a losing team fan is brutal. <laughs> brutal. So the, the cool thing about that story, I mean, it's an amazing story to see from your end how it was being experienced. But I think the cool part where I, where I think this could like be one of those case studies that, people, that kids study in university, right, is, you know, what would you have done had you been on top of things at the Chiefs side, right? Like, you know, do it again. How would you approach this? And I think it's, it's back to that point that we were saying where, you know, everyone needs to be on top of how to react. I mean, all this started with one tweet, right? Um, and, and within it, we heard you just describe all these various in-person marketing events that were happening, you know, forums that were being, you know, participated on, content that the Chiefs could have created to maybe combat the issues that were happening. And I think that's, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, Travis, but I think that's your point is that, you know, as marketers, we need to be digitally connected. We need to understand the various things at play. Right. Yeah. So it, it is interesting when you think about, you know, as a marketing team and, and when you're when you're in the sports marketing team, it's a little bit different. You know, I've never been on a sports marketing team. I don't know. I'm just a I'm just a fan. Right. And so when I when I was looking at that whole thing originally, it was just me, me ranting. And I didn't think about anything other than that. Right. But if I was the Chiefs in that scenario, you know, one for one, you could ignore the whole thing because it was just one tweet. It wasn't anything that they really needed to actually respond to. And it, and they had actually, their, their main person, after the fact, I learned, their main social media team, uh, main social media director had gotten hired by the NCAA and he had just left. And so it was somebody who had maybe not, it wasn't experienced for that role. So one thing is, is you really got to have a governance plan in place if you are doing social media, right? What, what happens if this, you know, how do you hug your haters, right? So uh, if you are managing social media, probably a good idea to grab uh, Jay's book and, and 
and, and read some of that. But they, they could have not responded. They could have sent a, sent me a message and said, hey, I know how you feel. It's frustrating right now, but we're doing the best we can. And I'd have been like, cool, you know what? I would have, well, the Chiefs messaged me. That was awesome, right? Like, I, they didn't even have to fight Venom with Venom. They could have they could have given me love, and I'd have been like, oh, dude, the Chiefs just messed with me. That was awesome. That would have been the highlight of my day. I, I would have been totally pleased, right? So, you know, it just depends on how you handle it. Look at it through the lens of the customer experience because fans are a customer and you know what i think the experience for for fans of a losing team is really challenging but there are things that you can do to ensure that you have a great lose a great experience even if you are a loser right i mean the cubs did that for 108 years as losers and they still pack the stadium all the time because it was a great experience oh they finally broke through this last year so uh yeah you got you got to really focus on that experience for the for your customers Absolutely. So, so let's bring this up to, to current day. One of the things that you were sharing with us before we, uh, chatting before the show, was something that you're doing now at uh, CCP dot digital uh, regarding regarding what's kind of this interesting mashup between account based marketing and content and paid advertising why don't you share a little bit about what what you're doing and some of some of the successes that you're having right on yeah yeah Thank you. So, so one of the things is my agency, CCP.digital, we focus mostly on B2B clients. And, you know, I'm based in Kansas City, but most, um, most of our clients are on the coasts. And, um, and so what's really interesting is that each one, and they're mostly marketing technologies for the most part are, are who that I seem to resonate with or enterprise startups or enterprise or, or really funded startups. But for the most part, it's, it's been interesting is like, you know, if, it's it kind of like elevates PR in a way because you know PR is always out there trying to get content placed for you and like oh we got you an article in Forbes yay I'm in Forbes well then what do you do with it right what well, was in Forbes there it is well that's a great backlink for your business and then you can maybe amplify it on social but one of the things that we've been doing is actually taking that great placed content that's been in places and actually helping some people get content placed and then um, taking that content. Well, we have, you know, they, all the employees and stuff share the original article, but when we want to start promoting it, we actually have them take that original that blog from Forbes or wherever, place it on their content, on their blog, and then once that article is on their blog, then we go into their targeted accounts. So it's really like account-based marketing where you're flipping that funnel, you're trying to figure out exactly who you're marketing to. Because when you're on B to C, you got this sort of, you're casting this wide net, right? You're trying to get all these people like this. Well, when you're doing B to B, it's like, oh, we're selling the CMO of this company. And the, CM, and the CMO, and he's got about, maybe she's got five to seven other supporting cast members who are gonna help make this decision. So you want to figure out who those people are, who those job titles are. And uh, with tools like Terminus and with uh, Dun & Bradstreet's, uh, they just purchased uh, uh, Net Prospects. And so they have some really cool stuff that's going on with that where you can literally go in and see the uh, org chart of organizations and see who are the people, what are their job titles. Once you get those, once you figure out who those are, then you can do targeted advertising to only those people, not just on Facebook or LinkedIn and Twitter and Outbrain. But you can also do, in some cases, reverse IP advertising where you can literally figure out what a physical address is and then do uh, figure out what their IP address is and then with certain technologies inject ads right into that so they see those ads within their company. So really interesting, a lot of different ways. I call it account-based content advertising where we are doing high, being really highly targeted. 
Today's episode of Content Pros is brought to you by Clear Voice. Need a freelance writer? Clear Voice Marketplace can help you. Looking for trending topics or influencers? No problem. Clear Voice Content Studio is the answer for that one. Looking to store all your brand guidelines, keywords, and personas in one accessible space? That's right, Clear Voice can do that too. Even pay all your writers from one secure account. Go to demo.clearvoice.com for a free demo and tell them your friends at Content Pros Podcast sent you. That's great. That's a it's a it's a great use of tech, technology combining uh, combining some of the trends that are happening now. That's, and sorry, Randy, were you trying to say something? No, I, I agree with you, Jeff. I, I think that's the tricky part is is combining technology with good service, right? And I and I think that was your point earlier too, Travis. Right? It's you know it's one thing to go buy a whole bunch of tech. It's can you go execute on these things? Can you go, you know, have both a combination of strategy, manpower, you know, or outsource manpower, which is, I, I suppose, what, you, what you're focused on? Yeah, yeah, no, it really does. It, well, again, it comes down to that buyer's journey and your goals and what you're trying to accomplish. We're trying to take these highly targeted accounts. A lot of times a customer or client will be like, here are our top ideal 100 accounts we want to sell into. And then uh, so then we can start building out campaigns based around that, figuring out which types of content is going to hit them in the right place at the right time. And we've had some really awesome ones. Like one we did where um, we got it placed on um, – well, the CEO of one of the clients I was working with had a column on Marketing Land, uh, placed the content on Marketing Land, targeting only Walmart employees, right? So uh, it was an omni-channel data and tag management solution. And so we were like, okay, I want to listen for Walmart or somebody at Walmart talking about online data, offline data, uh, talking about omni-channel, talking about interactive digital marketing, whatever. I want to hear somebody there talking about that. And then at the shareholder meeting, the CEO came came out and was talking about that. And, um, and so I was like, oh, here it is. So I, I, I was listening on Google Alerts, sent that over to the CEO and, their, and, and the content team, helped construct his column for that month, placed it on, on marketing land, and then advertised that to only Walmart employees in Bentonville and in San Bruno of certain job titles. And uh, the response was crazy. We ended up getting 1,108 clicks on that ad campaign of the 4,000 you know, marketers that we were targeting at that particular campaign. And it eventually turned into, I think, a little over a $700,000 deal once it moved them down the funnel, once the sales team got in, and once it did its magic. So it's crazy. Amazing. It's, yeah, that's, that's proof for you that that ABM strategy can work with the right strategy, right? Today's episode of Content Pros is brought to you by Uberflip and their weekly podcast called Flip the Switch, where they bring some of the brightest marketing minds together to provide useful insights, actionable takeaways, and a fresh approach to the content marketing challenges you face daily. Head over to bit.ly slash flip content to discover the tips and tactics that will help you flip the switch from ordinary to remarkable. Um, so, you know, in the interest of time, we want to always get to know our guests. And, you know, there's a lot of, of content beyond, uh, you know, your, uh, your quarrels with uh, NFL teams to get to know. So let's, let's hit you with a few lightning round questions before we wrap up here. So just getting to know you a little bit more, Travis. Okay. Uh, we'll start off with, you know, preference between Star Wars or Star Trek. 
Star Wars or Star Trek? Yeah, I would. <laughs> I have not watched very many of Star Trek at all. Star Wars wins. Yeah. All right, fair enough. All right, fair enough. Fair enough. I, I think there was even a book with a Star Wars uh, Star Wars reference, if I recall from from your from your repertoire. So so continuing, Travis, with the the lightning round questions. This is a gimme. What what's your favorite? NFL team. <laughs> well, it would be the Chiefs there, my favorite NFL team. Okay. Although I, although I used to like the, the Chicago Bears whenever they had the Super Bowl shuffle. We're not here, start no trouble. We're just here to do the Super Bowl shuffle, which was a great piece of content back in the 80s. If you haven't seen I, that. Abs- <laughs> absolutely. I, I definitely remember that. So if, if somebody is not listening to Content Pros, Although I guess if we're talking to them, they must be listening right, to content. Right. What What's another podcast that that they should listen to? Uh, if they're listening to, you know what, um, the Social Media Examiner has a great podcast that comes out all the time. Um, if you enjoy my banter, uh, I have a podcast on VentureBeat it's called VB Engage with Stuart Rogers, and we talk about marketing and technology and and uh, things along that line as well. But uh, uh, in my in mine, I listen to Tim Ferriss. I like his podcast. Um, I listen to uh, I, I like to listen to you guys as well, Jay Bear, and I like to listen to um, Social Media Examiner. Okay, sounds good. Um, so we we dug into your background a little bit. I think we we had some help from the the NSA, huh. and and we're kind of wondering if you were put in a room with Vladimir Putin, could you handle yourself in a conversation in Russian? Uh, well, you know, when I I could I could definitely handle myself enough to make him laugh. Right. Which would be good. Um, I think I'm kind of rusty because I've not uh, been in the, uh, you know, studying of Russian and in the execution of speaking it all the time. I don't have a lot of Russian friends, but uh, yeah, I studied that in the in the army. I was a uh, uh, was going through the Russian linguist program there was also commissioned to West Point at one point and turned it down. And uh, my platoon sergeant was really upset by that and made us all do grass drills for about an hour. And nobody in that platoon to this day wants to talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds, sounds about right in, in English or Russian. Right, right. So I can say, Здравствуйте, как дела? Как дела? Что ты делаешь сейчас? Как вас зовут? Меня зовут Travis Wright. Digital marketing. Perfect. And, and, and just to wrap up, if someone wants to find out more about your new book, Digital Sense, what's, what's the pl- best place to find out more? Ah, so, yeah, well, you can get it on Amazon or Barnes & Noble. Uh, it's by Wiley. It's a hardbound book, uh, actually, uh, through the publisher. Uh, we have a website, Digital Sense, but it's digitalsen.se. So we got all fancy like the old website, Delicious, back in the day. We put a dot in a random place, uh, and that's a Swedish domain. Okay. Because we're sweet-ish. <laughs> that, that's awesome. So, <laughs> so I'll, I'll just leave that one there. And thank you, Travis, for joining us on today's episode of Content Pros. We are part of the Convince and Convert podcast network. You can go to Convince and Convert to check out lots more of our sister podcasts, uh, things like Social Pros, Business of Story, and more. And... If you like what we're doing here on Content Pros, please go to iTunes or Stitcher or even Google Play. You can find us there. Leave a review. Let us know what you like, what you want to hear more of. I am Jeff Cohen with Oracle Marketing Cloud. 
closing out another episode with my partner, Randy Frisch of Uberflip. And we will talk to you next time. This is Jay Bear, and thanks for listening to Content Pros. Please leave a review and subscribe on iTunes or on your favorite podcast listening app. Go to contentprospodcast.com for a complete show archive and greatest hits. Content Pros is sponsored by Convince & Convert, Oracle Marketing Cloud, and by Uberflip. It's produced by my team and I at Convince & Convert Media. Interested in being a guest or a sponsor on the show? Visit us at convinceandconvert.com. 